this week you know that one we're all living in hell and two you may have developed an inexplicable hankering for a popsicle after seeing the brand's indomitable sponsored post in your timeline now as someone who is not so much friends with solid food or summer heat and is always down for tasty ways to be hydrated i'm a big fan of popsicles however on brand popsicles and not just the generic ice pops or frozen novelty treat are uh, a little too upscale for me. Like the generic pops are fine. What's funny though is that we call them all popsicles in conversation even though they are a brand and therefore a proper noun and not necessarily representative of all popsicle-like objects. Now we have seen this phenomenon exemplified on this show before and I feel like it maybe was an example involving food? I'm, I don't remember. But anyway, it's called a proprietary eponym or a generic trademark. And it's basically when a certain brand of some thing becomes so popular or was the first or for some reason dominates the market in such a way that it's everywhere. And it just becomes understood by consumers that the name becomes the word for the thing or the food item, even the non-brand or generic versions. This process, which is sociocultural and linguistic, happens over time and is referred to generic Neuricide. Other examples that aren't food include chapstick, band-aid, velcro, which we definitely did a show on, and thermos. Now while the brand popsicle has become synonymous with the treat, it's kind of a fairly new invention, at least compared to the idea of flavoring ice as a snack, which goes back to ancient Rome. So ice has been around longer than humans, and once we figured out that we could use it to keep food or, you know, bodies preserved, we developed an entire industry to harvest it, which incidentally has a very interesting history too, and maybe I'll do a show about that someday. Anyway, throughout the course of human history, there's always someone, that one guy who's like, I'm just gonna put this in my mouth and see what happens. But uh, upping the game to flavor frozen water would have come later because to my knowledge, they did not have red dye number 40 or high fructose corn syrup in Mesopotamia. Now, we recently talked about sorbet, which was sort of along the same trajectory as far as ice treats go, but sorbet and sherbet and ice cream all have a particular creaminess or a milkiness to them, whereas ice pops or popsicles are generally clear. And they also have one other feature that defines them and sets them apart. They are not so much served as they are, well, portable. They're basically frozen flavored water on a stick. And that stick is what makes them a popsicle. Or as they were originally known an epsicle. Because they were invented by accident by an 11 year old boy. Picture it. Oakland, California, 1905. A young boy named Frank Epperson is on the back porch of his family's home, mixing himself up a cool, refreshing soft drink powder. Because side note, powdered soft drinks have been around well over a century, and I'm not just talking about Kool-Aid or juices. Like, these packs of flavored powder came in a bunch of different flavors and types, and they had a stick so that they could easily be mixed up with water. And obviously they were, like, totally a hit with kids. And young Frank Epperson was no different. Now, I'm sure that Frank Epperson was not the first person to accidentally freeze his powdered soft drink. It does not take that much to turn water into ice after all. 
But he was the first person to see this mishap as an opportunity. 11-year-old Frank Epperson was about to become an entrepreneur and frozen novelty treat influencer. At some point in his mixing effort, he got distracted, as 11-year-old boys do, and he ended up leaving the cup out on the back porch overnight, all forgotten about. Now, when he discovered it the next morning, he realized that it had frozen solid. Now, he also left the mixing stick in the cup, which was now sort of comedically sticking out, and I suppose it was just tantalizing him to pick it up and see if the contents would come out with it. And they did. And naturally, he couldn't help but lick it. And when he discovered that the icy treat was even more refreshing than the drink, he had an idea. Why not do it again on purpose? Now, he began mixing up his frozen ice on a stick, which he obviously called Epsicles. Personally, I would have called them Franksicles, but whatever. Now, he started out just making them for his friends and family and the occasional community event, specifically the Fireman's Ball of 1922, kind of put him on Oakland's proverbial gastronomical map. Certainly, the neighborhood kids latched onto the idea right away, especially when summer hit, though they definitely thought it was really stupid to call them Epsicles or the Epsicle Ice Pop, and I don't know, maybe they were just kind of jealous. But anyway, they started sort of defiantly calling them Popsicles instead, and that name did ultimately stick. So when Frank went to patent the invention in 1923, he did use the name Popsicle rather than Epsicle for his, quote, frozen confection of attractive appearance which can be conveniently consumed without contamination by contact with the hand and without the need for a plate, spoon, fork, or other implement. He sold his wares, which came in seven flavors, for a nickel, primarily at the Neptune Beach Amusement Park in Alameda, and was marketed as a frozen drink on a stick, which made them especially popular somewhere like a boardwalk where they were the utmost novelty and convenience. The key was freezing the handle into the pop mixture. Now, most sticks were similar to a tongue depressor in that they were flat rather than tubular, though nowadays I think there are many different approaches to this, but in his patent application, Epperson suggested that the best wood for the stick would be, quote, wood bass, birch, and poplar. He was awarded the patent for the popsicle in 1924, but actually went on to sell it the following year to the Joe Lowe company for probably far less than it was worth in order to get himself out of some financial dire straits. This was a decision that he regretted for the rest of his life. Now, it was the Lowe Company that made Popsicle into the staple of American culture, particularly summer culture, that it is today. The company, of course, had the means to propel the treat to the heights it now enjoys, part of which came as a result of their Depression-era revamp of the product, which was the double-stick variety, which made it good for sharing. Interestingly, Lowe and its main competitor, Good Humor, were in a constant battle over who got to sell what kind of frozen novelties. Good Humor has primarily always been known for ice cream, and the two companies had an agreement that basically Good Humor could sell milk-based frozen treats and Lowe could sell the water-based frozen treats. However, over the last century, each company would kind of be testing the limits of this agreement on a regular basis. And it wasn't until both companies were bought by Unilever in 1989 that the feud finally ended. 
and now you can get your water or milk based ice cream novelty treats from the same truck. So I was trying to entertain myself this morning by going on YouTube and finding the old commercials of my childhood about, you know, that were on various popsicles that I probably ate because I sure ate a lot of them. But I really just remembered the red, white, and blue rocket pops, which I think were required at every 4th of July barbecue. Like I'm pretty sure in the US that's a law. But I also remembered some other kind of novelty pops that came and went, specifically the color changing ones that had layers. And as you would lick them, they would change color. I loved those and I can almost conjure the taste up, but I immediately remembered them as soon as I saw the commercial. And it just amazes me how 15 seconds can take you right back to your childhood. New liquor color. As you lick, they change colors. The colors, Duke. The colors. I'm colorblind, kid.